Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. You've probably been there before. You're lying in bed the night before a fly fishing excursion. You have thoughts. Questions, actually. You might attempt the counting sheep equivalent of visualizing heavy trout or bass or stripers coming to the net. But for analytical minds like many fly anglers possess, that practice gets one thinking about hypotheticals and other situational what-ifs. So there you are, awake, with a litany of issues, both pertinent and inconsequential, running through your head. Will my alarm wake me up? How many times have you not only set the alarm on your phone, but gotten out an old-timey alarm clock and make sure that that is also set? Or you set multiple alarms on your phone. If you sleep through the first one, the second one is going to get you. Should I try fishing a new creek? You begin to second-guess the wisdom in where you're going, wondering if you're falling into the same old habits again and again, and if this is a better opportunity to maybe branch out and try something new. You ask if there's gas in the car. That's a good question. The last thing you want to do is leave the house and not have enough gas to get where you're going, especially if you're leaving particularly early and you're not going to be able to get gas if you live in some place that the gas stations still have to open up, some backwater place where you don't have automated service, which still exists, especially as you get further in the country, probably where you'd want to be for the best fishing. Did I remember to pack a reel? There's certain things that you can't live without. And with the exception of those folks who ascribe to Tenkara, you need a reel. You can probably make do without a net. You don't necessarily need your favorite hat. That other fly box can be left at home and you'll be all right. But you need a reel. Will I be the first person to the parking lot? There's nothing you can do about this. Because no matter how early you leave... You can always get beaten there by somebody, the guy who lives next door to the stream, the person who slept in their car overnight. There's nothing you can do about it. 
but it's going to be on your mind. And if you don't get out a lot, you don't want to mess this one chance up. It would be awful to blow a fishing trip because of poor planning. So you ask if you have enough flies for what should be hatching. If you've ever tied on the second to last of a sulfur pattern when there's sulfurs buzzing all over the air, the way you fish changes. You get to be a little more paranoid. You're not casting towards that fallen tree. You're trying to get underneath that low-hanging branch like you should be. So you wonder, do I have six? And is six enough? Should I have a dozen? And if I have a bunch in size 12, should I have some in size 14? Should I have packed a second or a third fly rod? What if the first one breaks? What if the one I bring is way too light? What if I should be throwing streamers? Should I have a six weight, a seven weight? Should I even have an eight weight? Would a weighted line be better? Should I just put all of my fly rods in my car? What if it rains? Should I go fishing at all? Would this be a better day to save my brownie points for some other fishing excursion? Or should I just bring my rain gear? And if I do go fishing where I'm planning to go fishing, is that stream going to get blown out? Should I go to a creek that's less affected by rainfall? What happens if I get skunked? I took a day off of work for this. I'm away from my family this particular day, and I'm not going to catch any fish. It's a difficult question, but it's one we've probably asked ourselves, and we know that fly fishing is more than just catching fish, but it's certainly not less than that. Are my polarized sunglasses in the car? Probably second to having your rod, your reel, your line, your leader, your fly, you need your sunglasses. If there's anything that would send me running downstairs to check if I had everything, it would be making sure I had my glasses. Hours before you put your hat on in the dark and head out into the river, these questions can really do a number on getting a decent rest. You might ask questions like, what am I going to do for lunch? This is a good question. Should you throw a granola bar in your bag? Should you make some sort of lunch? Are you close enough where you can go and grab a bite to eat from a McDonald's or another fast food restaurant? Or is this some sort of trip where you're actually going to go someplace, sit down, have a drink, have a burger, and enjoy yourself? What if this stream was fished really hard yesterday? Is Monday the best day to go fishing? I don't know. It might be less crowded, but it really got hammered Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And how about Tuesday? It's hard to take a Tuesday off. Everybody just started working on Monday, and so all of your projects, all of your tasks are really getting to the swing of thing on Tuesday. Wednesday seems like a good day to take off, but it seems like a day that everybody would take off because it's right in the middle of the week. Thursday. Thursday's a good day to take off. It's right before Friday, and it's had everything's had a chance to settle out from the weekend. Is my license in my pack? This is the one that can not only get you in trouble, but actually get you in trouble. Do you have your license? Do you print out your license? Maybe you should print out a second copy of your license. Is it in a pack that's waterproof? These are the kind of things you might think about. When was the last time you went fishing? You start to think about that trip. You think about the things that you forgot to do on that trip or the things that you did well, and then all of a sudden you start to get into a rut thinking you need to do those things again. Fish that rod, fish that run, fish those flies. But you know that no two circumstances are the same. The amount of variables between one day and another are incalculable. So stop worrying about it. Enjoy it, but it's not going to help you tomorrow. And will I be able to fall asleep? And so this is this is the problem. Now, something might stir you to get up, get decent, head out to the car to check the trunk, make sure everything's there, make sure things are organized, make sure you'll be able to find things in the dark, maybe even set things up slightly as to make your life easier. Or you might do the more sensible thing, which is to stare at the glow of your cell phone in bed. 
flipping through restaurant menus that are nearby the stream, double checking that you know the regulations for where you're going to be fishing for that time of year, making sure that where you're going to park is actually an okay to place to park and then doing the scary thing of getting on social media and see if people have been fishing where you plan on fishing and then start to wonder are they going to be there tomorrow and did they fish it hard and if a lot of people are fishing there is that going to make it less fun now ultimately sleep will win whether it be at 10 11 12 1 2 the jolt of that alarm the first maybe the second one that you set will come before you know it and the initial reaction will probably be one of drowsy dejection. You're waking up, after all, on a day that you're not going to work. But quickly, you will remember that this is for fishing. You're up and you're at them. You're ready to face the day, and chances are you're not thinking about all the things that you were thinking about at five or six hours before. Because you're actually going fishing now, and that's the answer to all those questions. Now, some of that material came from a post called Fly Fishing Trips and Playing 20 Questions. And this is something that's gone through my mind numerous times. This started, of course, as a young man. I started fly fishing when I was in middle school. And so these were trips that I would literally daydream about in high school. I would daydream about thinking, you know, do I have everything that I need? Do I need to tie one more fly? Do I need to try to stop by the sporting goods store on the way home so I have one more thing? Because I don't want to have to wait for the fly shop to open up at 8 o'clock. I want to be able to get to the stream as quickly as possible. So you go through all those scenarios, and then you get into those silly ones, the ones about what are other people doing. It's probably the least profitable kind of line of question you can get into. But it's reasonable. It's things that we all think about. It's things that either trouble us or just keep us kind of on our toes. But they're things that we can't get away from. And then there's the, the gear question. You don't want to be the guy that brings all your stuff, but at the same time, you don't want to not bring something that you have. You want to kind of uh, adhere to that maxim, better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. But I'm actually in the process of packing for a trip. It's going to be a very, very brief trip, probably about eight hours of fly fishing spread over two days. But these opportunities are kind of few and far between. You don't get as many the, at, at the state of life that I'm in now, and that's okay. But these are the situations where it feels really clutch. It feels like it's your, your 15 minutes have come and you need to take advantage of them. But I find that more often than not, you have what you need, and it's really what you make of it. And so spinning your wheels about what you need to go fly fishing, what you're going to do when you're there, it isn't necessarily fruitful. And actually, I find myself stressing out more about the things that I was mentioning regarding where am I going to eat? Am I going to have enough gas? Am I going to sleep well? Do I want to sleep in my car again? I mean, I'm only in my mid-30s, but that's starting to get old. And if I do, do I want to stay in a hotel that's close to the water and a little bit more expensive? Do I want to stay in a place that's really slimy, but it's really close? These are the things that you wonder about. And then you have this time and money equation that you go through. So it stops to be so many questions about the fishing and starts to be more questions about the things on the periphery of fishing. Not sure if that's good, bad, or otherwise, but that's kind of what it's happening right now. So what do you think about when you plan on going fly fishing? Is this something that you give a lot of thought or something that you don't think about at all? Or are you so blessed that you go fishing so much that it's not even a thing? 
that you just hear your alarm and you go fishing and everything's where it's supposed to be. Everything's in your boat, rinsed off and ready from the night before. Or, like me, is a trip, even if it's just for one day or even for half a day, does it have days and maybe even weeks of lead up in your head? Neither's right, neither's wrong. But how you approach them, I think, can be part of the fun. This week on Casting Across, two articles. The first one is called Angler's Pint, a Perfect Vessel for Fly Fishing Art. If you've been anywhere around a computer or an Orvis catalog and you've been looking at fly fishing stuff, you've seen the Angler's Pint. The Angler's Pint is precisely what it sounds like. It is a pint glass, but it features awesome artwork of now over a dozen species. And if you get the Orvis catalog, you've seen them, the brown, brook, rainbow, and cutthroat. But there's a bunch of saltwater species. There's some other fish that are featured on these glasses, and they're done by um, Karen Talbot. And I've actually mentioned um, the pint glasses in other episodes as recommendations, um, both for like Father's Day and just for, for you to check out. But they are awesome. They are rock solid, sturdy glasses. The artwork, again, is really, really beautiful. Um, and again, they're big. They're 21 and a half ounces, which here's the cool thing. 16 ounce can becoming much more popular. You can pour that thing in there with reckless abandon and it's not going to overflow. But they retail for under 20 bucks. They're a great thing to have if you're an angler. They're a great thing to get somebody because they're distinctive. And as I've said before, there's over a dozen of them. So you get one for somebody and they like it. You've got Christmases, birthdays, whatever's made for the next few years and buying them other fish. So anyway, on uh, Casting Across, I have a um, interview with Karen Talbot, the woman behind the Angler's Pint. Definitely check that out. It's a longer post, but it's really cool because it talks about her story, um, not just with the glass, but kind of how the, the glass is fueling more of her artwork. And definitely check out her her uh, websites. They're at the bottom of that post over at castingcross.com. Um, there's uh, two of, uh, ways to buy the um, the pints as well as her own website. The um, other post that came out this week is called A Father's Day's Fly Fishing. So as this is being recorded, I'm a few days out from Father's Day 2019. And um, Sunday is a busy day for me. So I'm in ministry vocationally. So Sundays are kind of crazy. And Father's Day falls on a Sunday. So uh, Sundays are really busy days for my family. We still have time for rest and recreation. But the bigger plans usually happen on Mondays because it's my day off. And then they also kind of get pushed to Saturdays. So I actually had a few days of Father's Day fly fishing stuff, starting with eating fried clams on uh, on on Saturday night. I mean, it doesn't seem too fly fishing-y, but we'd gone to Bass Pro Shop earlier in the day, so that was big. Then Sunday, I was um, given a bunch of hand-drawn cards from the boys. Usually there's a fish on them. Um, you've seen some of my boys' fish art. If you've uh, read my um, Father's Day post from earlier this um, year, uh, recommending the Reddington um, ID reel, and you've seen what my boys can do. So they gave me that. They also gave me some flies from Postfly, which is a um, their their brick and mortar shop is just on the street. And then on Monday we went hiking and fishing. And actually, you'll see the header of that post over at castingcross.com is one of the fish that one of my boys caught. We got into some brook trout, and it was just spectacular. Um, and uh, actually, if you remember from a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the Risen Fly Genesis um, fly rod. Um, this is a series that is an entry-level series. All the rods currently are under $100. I 
Um, we took the seven and a half foot three way out, three weight out, and it was phenomenal. This is a rod that I told you I, I got, and I took the plastic off the cork and took out to a casting demo instructional time, a little um, event I was at, and everyone loved it. Guys who had casted before and guys who were just casting for their first time, I thought it was a really smooth rod. I had it next to some rods that were um, four or five hundred dollars, and this is not some marketing thing, but um, this rod was the favorite. And I can honestly say, after taking out and fishing it um, on a small creek and also um, on this uh, high mountain lake in New England, uh, awesome rod. If you're looking for a uh, three weight. If you're looking for um, a small stream rod, something that can cast a rod 40, or excuse me, a line 40 feet, but has lots of flex that you can, f you know, I know that this is certainly not important, and honestly, I wouldn't buy a rod for this, but I know a lot of people like, quote unquote, feeling a fish fight, um, even if they're six or eight inches. Um, this rod does that, and the price point, it's spectacular. So the Risen Fly Genesis. Um, definitely check it out. It's an awesome rod. We had a blast with it. My boys had a blast with it. You know, seven, four-year-old were casting. Two-year-old was pulling on the on the rod. The baby got the touch of brook trout, but uh, didn't play with the rod. But the Risen Fly Genesis can't speak uh, highly enough about it. It's a great way to get yourself another rod or get somebody introduced with the to the sport. And so I check that out. Uh, lastly, uh, this week's recommendation. So this week's recommendation is something really cool. If you go to um, www if you go to https colon backslash backslash no you go to the doc dot fishing so the doc as in like a doc but the doc dot fishing it takes you to a social media site that's kind of new and um uh, in its fledgling stages but it's run by why not fishing now i mentioned why not before why not so w h y K-N-O-T, is a fishing event company out of Boston. And so being in New England, a lot of the uh, film tours and meetups and um, events that I go to are actually put on by Why Not. They do a great job. They do everything from just kind of hangout sort of stuff um, to uh, they do instructional events, they do fundraisers, they do charity things, they work with nonprofits, they work with conservation groups, you name it. Really cool. And so especially if you're in New England and now actually at the, the moment I am saying this, they're in New York City doing an event in Brooklyn. Um, it's 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 definitely worth checking out. That being said, even if you're not in New England or New York or the Mid-Atlantic, this is a great website to check out because it's a social media site that, again, is just getting off the ground as far as activity and, and participation goes. But it's a really cool concept I'm really hoping takes off. I've put some stuff on there, and um, I am looking forward to seeing where it goes. But a really cool thing, all the events that Why Not is hosting um, and has hosted, they, they have tons of giveaways benefiting all sorts of local um, programs. Um, if you RSVP usually to events via the, um, the doc platform, um, you get a drink ticket for free. Um, but also this summer, they've partnered with Traeger Grills to give away um, grills at every one of their events. So uh, Traeger is going to throw a grill at everybody who comes. Not everybody, but if you come to an event, you have a chance at a Traeger grill. So that's pretty impressive. Um, so definitely check out um, the doc by Why Not. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, to, to this podcast.
Thanks for listening to the Casting Cross Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Thank you.